What's up, bosses? It's your favorite mindset and lifestyle mentor, Coach Bonds, here to help you boss up and level up in every area of your life, health, wealth, and most of all, mindset. I went from an out of shape, overstressed server, struggling single mom to CEO of my own coaching business, making five figures a month. And if I can boss up and change my life, you can too. And I'm here to show you how on today's episode of Boss Life with Bonds. What's up and welcome back to another episode of the Boss Life with Bonds. I am your host, Coach Bonnie, and I want to hop on today and just kind of tell you guys about my backstory and why I do what I do. I've got so many, there's so many reasons, there's so much that led up to me being right here and I just wake up overwhelmed with gratitude some days because I remember the days where I was not waking up overwhelmed with gratitude. I remember the days when I was waking up miserable and depressed and hating life and wondering if things could ever possibly ever get better and when they would and why other people seem to have it so good and why do I have to work so hard and and I'm going to start this um podcast with a quote that I got from listening to success motivation videos, which I do on a regular. If you are someone trying to create change in your life, uh, if you're trying to manifest, well, I would say success motivation videos are a little bit more from the masculine energy side. And when I think of manifesting, I think of super feminine energy, but anywho, don't get me started. Uh, But if you are trying to create something new, start new habits, change your mindset, rewire your habits, your lifestyle, and just all those things, you need to be listening to success motivation. That shit will snap you out of your pity party so fast, um, unless unless you're just determined to stay there. So anywho, Um, One of the quotes that I wanted to share, the first one was, you grow through what you go through. And I feel like a lot of people go through the same things over and over again in life because they refuse to grow. They go through it. They complain about it. They mope about it. They talk junk about it. And they just make everything so horrible that they never grow. And so you're not really, and, and so if you are in a place in life where you feel like you keep going through the same thing and things don't get better, it's because you're refusing to grow. There are lessons that you are intended to learn and you're just refusing to let that happen. So let that quote stick with you. You grow through what you go through. But the main quote that I wanted to start today off with was that the depth of your struggle is indicative of the height of your come up. The depth of your struggle is indicative of the height of your come up. So for those of you who are going through the the, the hardest struggles, like I just mentioned, just know that if you're able to persevere, just know that if you're able to grow and actually receive the wisdom that life is trying to give you, your come up is going to be so, um, what's the word? Everything that you went through is going to make sense and you're going to understand that every single thing had to happen in order for you to get here. So as we get started on this podcast today and me telling you a little bit about my story and why I do what I do, uh, what prompted this was in the middle of me listening to my success motivation on YouTube, you get all these ads and the ads are based off of what you watch, what kind of person you are, right? And so I get a lot of ads for entrepreneurs. I get a lot of ads for manifestation and mindset. I get a lot of Tony Robbins ads because that's who I want to replace when he's done, like I will take his crown. Um, And so one of them, a lot of them are entrepreneur ads and one of them rubbed me the wrong way. And it said, want to know the fastest way to make $10,000 a month? It's not becoming a coach. It's not becoming this. It's becoming blah, 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 blah. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, do people really join the coaching? Do do people really sign up to be a coach because their desire is to just make $10,000 a month? 
I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with being successful and fruitful, like you go into business to be successful, right? But I could never wrap my head around doing something that is so personal, so service-based, and only doing it for the money. Like, could you imagine a teacher going into teaching or a professor just for the money? That's crazy. Well, obviously, we know they don't get paid plenty, at least here in Florida. But could you imagine someone doing something like this just for the money? Now, I know there's plenty of people that go into plenty of professions just for the money. And, and, and I can I can understand, like, you got to you gotta make a living, right? Like, I was going to go to nursing school because I knew that I'd have consistent good money and it would be steady pay and I knew I wouldn't have to worry about anything. But I also knew that I would not be passionate about doing that for the rest of my life. And I also knew I didn't know exactly what I was going to be doing with my life, but I knew that the stories and the things that I had went through were going to help heal people, but not that way. And so as I'm getting into my story about how I got here. Um, that's what prompted it. Listening to that YouTube ad of him asking, you know, what's the fastest way to make 10K? It's not becoming a coach. I'm like, I didn't become a coach because I want to make 10K. I started making 10K a month because I love what I do and I'm an amazing coach and I love changing people's lives. And I truly believe that there's a quote from Jim Rohn that says, if you help enough people get what they want, you will get what you want. So I don't serve people just so I can get what I want, but it's one of the rewards that comes with it. And so let's backtrack to how this whole journey started. And this is especially for our new followers or anyone that doesn't know me or anyone that's kind of watching from the outside in. I had no idea how many people actually watch this that are not my followers and don't even know who I am. So that's really cool. Sometimes I'll get random messages like, hey, I've been listening to you. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I want to um, kind of like paint the picture and help you guys understand who I am and why I do what I do. So... When I was a little girl, my mother went to, I think not went to, she, she got a prescription for her acne. Her acne was really, really bad. It was really making her insecure. And I think that this is one of the reasons why I'm so adamant about women learning to love their bodies. And if I cry during this episode, just be with me, just love me. Um, and so my mom was super insecure about her acne and it messed with, it made her so unhappy that she wanted to find good God, I didn't expect that to happen so fast. She started taking prescriptions for her acne and her body responded to it in the worst possible way. Like her body turned on her and rapidly at that. My mother started to lose layers of skin. Like I remember being a little girl and going to the bathtub and you know how you might have a ring around the bathtub. There was a thick, heavy ring around the tub every single time that my mom would take a bath. I remember we'd look in the bed and there was just flakes and flakes and flakes and flakes of skin on the bed. And I don't remember too much because I had to be, um, I had to be at least, it was like first or second grade, somewhere in between there. Um, and she just kept getting worse. And they went to every hospital here in Central Florida, just bouncing my mom around. Nobody knew what to do with her. And while she was losing skin, she was also obviously losing muscle mass because she was, oh, She's also itching uncontrollably everywhere on her body all of the time. She couldn't stop itching. And so she was bedridden for a long time. And, you know, being bedridden, your muscles start to atrophy, which means you lose your muscle strength. And so my mom, who's a healthy 20-something-year-old beautiful woman, went from, like, I always thought my mommy was beautiful. And, you know, she went from that to being in a hospital bed, not being able to move. And I remember Shands Hospital, which is, I believe, the school for um, Gators for University of Florida. 
in Northern Florida, those doctors, they, my mom's in medical books, the pictures of her condition, because they had no idea what to do with it. They were like, we've never seen anything like this. We don't know what to do. And they ended up calling my grandma and telling her, bring, bring her kids up here so she can say goodbye. And when I went in to go see my mom, the amount of itching, she looked like a crazy person. Like she didn't even look like she knew where she was. She was just in so much pain and it wouldn't stop and it couldn't do anything. And my grandmother is a freaking savage, dude. I don't think I would be who I am and where I am today if I didn't have that freaking badass grandma. My grandma's a nurse and she's also a woman of prayer and faith. And she also grew up on a farm. So she's been eating whole foods, organic foods, stuff out of her garden her whole life. She only shops at Publix and Whole Foods. Like, you know, my grandma takes very good care of her body. She could probably take me out right now as strong as I am if she wanted to. And that's how well she takes care of herself. So when they said, you know, bring her daughters up to say goodbye, I don't really remember all the details. And I'm sure family members that watch this might be like, oh, you missed that or you forgot about this. But all I know is my grandma basically told them, kiss my black ass, give me my daughter and my grandma brought my mom home and from what she knows about just how the body can heal because she's been a nurse for years what she knows about herbs and 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 foods um and and praying she would go up to anyone be like hey do you pray okay i want you to start a prayer chain for my daughter do you pray and what the doctors weren't able to do my grandma was able to do for my mom through prayer and through consistency and through just nutrition and just using what God put on this earth, what God gave my mom. They said my mom wasn't going to live and my grandma helped my mom restore herself. My mom was 30 years old in a wheelchair. She couldn't even, she couldn't even walk when she came back from the hospital because she had lost so much muscles in her body. And God, I love my grandma. She's so amazing. She got my mom from a wheelchair to the point where my mom could walk around in a walker to the point where my mom went from a walker to a cane. And now my mom doesn't need a cane at all. My next like big milestone for my mom is for her to come upstairs. Matter of fact, every time I moved, I always would make sure I was on the first floor so that my mom could come visit me in this time. I'm like, no, mom, like you can walk up these stairs. I've watched your body go from what they thought was... They decided that you couldn't get any better and you did, mom. And I don't believe that this is the end. And so seeing what the human body is capable of, seeing what can happen when you take care of your body and you trust the process and you're patient and you don't give up, seeing my mom go through that, seeing my grandma have enough wisdom to be like, fuck you guys and your pills or whatever you were trying to do to my daughter, we've got this. Seeing that happen is one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about women taking care of their bodies, about women not being so obsessed with vanity metrics like the fucking scale. My mom almost lost her life because she was feeling so insecure about her acne. So for my clients listening, if I get so frustrated with you when you guys get wrapped up in things that don't fucking matter, this is why. I watched my mom almost lose her life over something stupid like fucking acne. But then I also watched her regain her life and fight for her life. And so when I'm passionate, when I'm screaming, when I'm cussing, when I'm posting incessantly, it's because I, I, you guys don't understand. 
Like, I love what I do. Like, I love you. I want you to love you enough to take care of you. I want you to understand that everything that you need to heal your body is within you. That everything that you want to fix, you don't necessarily need to get surgery. You don't need to take pills and prescriptions. Like, I mean, unless you absolutely need to. What I'm saying is I want you guys to learn to love yourself enough to take care of yourself and enough to fight for yourself. That's why I do what I do, guys. That's why I'm here. Okay, so that's just a portion of why I do what I do. Seeing my grandmother bring my mom back to like full on health after the doctor said that, you know, we don't know what to do with her. My grandma said, well, I'm gonna pray. Well, I'm gonna feed my daughter healthy foods and whole foods and herbs. Well, I'm gonna, and so seeing that showed me from a young age that the human body is capable of way more than we could ever imagine. My mom has all of her skin back. Her muscles are back. And like I said, from a wheelchair to a walker, to a cane, to no cane. So that's just the beginning of why, like, I'm so passionate and adamant about nutrition and about fitness. On the other end, um, the life coaching aspect, there's been so many traumatic events in my childhood and, and life and just my relationships. And so many times that I had just kind of given up on things ever getting better, but I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because my family prayed a lot. I'm not really sure what it was, but deep down inside of me, there was something that always was like, you have to keep going, Bonnie, so that you can help other people. If you give up now, then other people will give up too. And I remember at one point in my life where I was just like, God, are you freaking kidding me? Like, I'm tired of being the strong one. I'm tired of always having to be the one to pick people up. And he's like, you don't even understand like what's in store for you. I promise you it'll be worth it. So I was like, here we go again. So um, to, to, to narrow, to laser in on that, um, I was a troubled teen because my mom was disabled and she couldn't discipline me and she couldn't, you know, um, I was a brat too. Like I'm crying now about this, but as a kid, I was so, what's the word? Oblivious to what was going on. Like I saw this, but I didn't really register that this is what was happening. And so even though it's a, a beautiful triumphant story, my mom survived, yada, 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 she suffered if you can imagine, mentally from that, from almost dying, from wanting to give up, from being in pain 24 seven and not being able to fix it, from them telling, you know, like she suffered a lot. And as a result, she wasn't really there the way that she would have liked to be for me. And so I ended up being a wayward teen, getting into trouble, running away from home, not like respecting her because I knew that she couldn't discipline me. I didn't understand that she had almost lost her life. I just understood that nobody was there to support me during my formative years. And I was bitter and childish and acting out. And so I was in and out of JDC as a kid. I ended up getting pregnant at 14 against my will on a whole nother story. And getting in abusive relationships with a dude that told me I wasn't going to be anything. If you've listened to the podcast, you know this story. I'm not going to go deep on that. But by the time I was 20 years old, that's when I decided I'm going to clean up my life. Um, I'm going to stop going back and forth. I'm going to um, stop playing games with God. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go back to church and I'm going to, I'm going to get my life together. And I went to school for sonography and realized, hey, I really want to impact lives, but not through ultrasounds. So I was like, all right, I'll go to nursing school. I'm really good at science and I love, I understand the human body a lot. So um, was in nursing school and taking my prereqs for nursing. And when UCF opened their, their, their nursing school, not their nursing school, they opened up a concurrent program where you could go from UCF to Valencia um, and get your bachelor's in nursing in three years instead of four. And the first 24 students that they invited, I was one of them. 
The only problem was I had also just signed up for my very first missions trip to Nicaragua and I had fundraised my ass off to raise the money to go there. And I remember going on the missions trip to Nicaragua and being so lost and just serving people and loving and praying and just giving all that I could to people. I remember praying like, God, if you just send me my boys down here, I'll stay down here forever and serve for you. I'll serve in the orphanages. I'll pass out food. I'll do whatever. Like I just, I fell in love with service, with serving people. And I came back from that missions trip and I remember when it was time to go get our struck grubs and have our orientation for nursing school and everyone was so excited around them. And I was just sitting there like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I know that this is going to secure my future. I know that I will be able to provide for my kids without my baby's father. That was a really big driving force at that time in my life to prove my independence and prove to him that I was more than just a waitress and just a girl that used to sit around and get high with him every day. I was like, I can do this. And then, but that that passion for serving people, I was like, but I don't, I don't think this is it. I was like, I don't think this is where I'm going to tell my story um, bedside. Like, I know that that is super valuable. I was like, but I don't think that's my story. So then I ended up signing up for um, ministry, uh, going to pursue my my ministerial degree in theology and, and Christian leadership. And I did that. And Throughout that time, this is in my 20s, I was heavily involved in church. I was at every single retreat, every single Wednesday night. I was driving the church bus, picking up kids from high school. Every Wednesday I was in, I was in it. Like I would be visiting campuses, speaking at the Christian clubs, going to lunch, leading prayer circles with students and just really helping, just really being very present and and just ministering and just serving and just pouring my heart out and showing kids like, hey, I know that you're going through a rough stage. I get it. Like I was a teen mom, I was a juvenile I was a drug dealer, like, but you, you can do different. And look, I'm an example. And so I did that for years and I was so passionate about it. I was winning awards every year at the church for my leadership. They even made up an award for me, the pinnacle award. Cause they're like, what else can you do, Bonnie? And, um, that was really awesome. And I had thought that with after years of relentless service to ministry, uh, going on every single mission trip I could, volunteering everywhere, driving the church bus, sacrificing so much of my family's time and my time that when I graduated shortly, I would get hired at a church because, I mean, look at my credentials. I have an actual degree. I've been serving for the past almost decade, like seven, eight years. I, you know, I go to one of the biggest mega churches in Orlando um, and I have great like credentials from them. So when I got into the, the the real world and started applying to churches and seeing one, just how little, like I came from a mega church. So I'm thinking everybody gets paid. Well, no, most churches are very small and they don't have money to pay their pastors. And so not only did, were churches not wanting to hire me, but the ones that did weren't able to offer me enough money for me and my family. And throughout the whole year, of 2015, after I graduated, I just kept hearing no and no and no and doors slamming in my, not slamming in my face, but doors shutting in my face and opportunities just closing. And this girl that was so excited to serve for Jesus and change the world and be a female pastor, just slowly those dreams just started dying. And I was like, I just, I I started to give up on myself. I was like, wow, so maybe I am just going to be stuck serving Maybe I should have went to nursing school. And this is where the sad bitch comes in. And this is why I'm so adamant about teaching my clients about listening to the sad bitch and telling her when to shut the fuck up because I didn't know to tell her to shut up. And so after I kept hearing no, 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 no. After so many times, all I could hear was my inner sad bitch 
saying like, see, you should have went to nursing school. What were you thinking? You really think God was going to do that for you? Oh my God, you're so stupid. How embarrassing. Everyone thought you were going to be a pastor and you're not. You thought you were going to be a pastor. You thought everything was going to be great. Oh my gosh, how embarrassing. You can't leave your house. Don't leave your house. And so I didn't. I stopped going to church. I stopped uh, talking to the students who I had mentored from like middle school to high school. And some of them were grown now. And these, these were my family. These were like my second children. I just cut everybody off. I stopped going to church. I stopped listening to God. Most of my days were spent in bed crying, angry with God, asking like, how could, like, why would you do this? Like I was set, like I was ready to go to nursing school. Why would you take me out of something so secure? Me and my family would be fine now. And now I'm struggling mentally and emotionally. I'm embarrassed. I don't want to be seen. I feel like a failure. Like, how could you let this happen? Why would you let this happen, God? And because I didn't stop that internal dialogue, it just kept going and going and going until it was so loud. It was the only thing that I could hear day in and day out. I remember I would go to work and I would just be standing there on the, uh, the service line, waiting for food to run, waiting to serve my tables or whatever, feeling like, well, this is what's it for you. This is going to be the rest of your life. I hope you're happy. You could have went to nursing school, but you didn't. And now you're here. Though also like no husband's going to want to marry you. You're just a single mom and two kids from two different men. And you're a waitress. Like, what do you have to offer? This is all I kept hearing all day long, every single day in my head to the point where I would just be standing there in the middle of work and just burst into tears and have to run out the back door. It was so terrible. Like I would never wish that on anybody else. So again, if you're listening and if you're one of my clients and you're in the Boss Bot Academy and you're like, why is Coach Bonnie so angry? Why is she so like, why is she coming down on us? Because guys, like if you don't learn to silence that voice, it's going to run your life and it's going to bring you down. And if you're surrounded by people who are negative, which at that time at that job I was, because it was a horrible work environment. The culture there was horrible. It was toxic as hell. It was just like work, 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 work. If you're tired, oh well, the show must go on. Work, 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 work. And it was just so toxic. Managers that were just manipulative or just the management there, all they wanted to do was get ahead on their own. So if that meant running you into the ground until we can't use you and on to the next one, or if that meant like just it was not good, especially for me to be in that mental state and it just kept wearing my soul down that girl that was so eager to be a nurse that girl that was so eager to be a pastor like all of those dreams and hopes were just getting worn down every single day till I was unrecognizable I had went from being like the woman at church that people went to that children went to that people were like she's a pillar of faith and tenacity and just you know such a powerful woman of God to just I'm so far down in despair I don't want to get out of bed the only way that I can go to work is if I'm drinking I remember one time in the parking lot one of my friends, a coworker saw me going in. She's like, what are you drinking? I chugged like a half a bottle of sangria just so I could go into work and work my shift. I have videos in my phone of me going through that depression, driving to work, having anxiety attacks. Like, here we go again. I'm going to have to work these next 12, 13 hours. I'm not going to get a break. I'm going to get yelled at by people. I'm not going to get tipped well. It's just going to be a shit show. And I know that this is just, this is it. This is my life. This is what it is. And part of depression is where you lose hope. Depression isn't just being sad. Depression is like you have lost hope for the future. And I had lost all hope that anything was going to get any better. And you could say, well, why didn't you want to move up and be a manager? Because servers make more money than managers if you're at a good restaurant. So it was like go in and deal with this job where you never have enough supplies. You're always understaffed. They always expect more out of you, but won't give you more to do your job. And then plus that feeling of, I know I'm supposed to be doing something more, but I don't know what. That's one of the most frustrating places to be at in your life thankfully, um, 
I'm not even sure what exactly woke me up, but I remember the days that I would spend on my iPad or on my phone. I literally would go from phone to iPad playing games until I ran out of lives and then switch and then just playing games to distract myself and just smoking and, and drinking and just sitting on my back porch. And there was a little tiny voice that was like, Bonnie, you're wasting time. Bonnie, you're wasting time. And I was like, I didn't really know what that meant. So I was like, what am I supposed to do? Wasting time with what? What exactly are you supposed to be doing? Because I tried that and it didn't work. So what the fuck am I supposed to do? and just blocking it out and just blocking it out and then finally the voice got louder like you're wasting time Bonnie you're wasting time and I was like okay like I don't I don't know what to do I don't like myself I don't like my life I don't like who I've become I don't know what to do and I was like well start with what you can do Bonnie so I was like all right I guess I'll uh I, I don't like the way I look in the mirror we can start there so then that's when I started going back to the gym. And after I started going to the gym, that's where I met my coach, Brenda. And Brenda took me under her wing and through her coaching, she taught me, well, one, she helped me believe in myself again. I didn't have any belief in myself. I didn't believe that I could do anything that was worth anything because that's what life had shown me. From being a victim of rape, I was showed that men don't value my body. From not being able to become a pastor, I was shown that my gifts and my talents weren't valued by the community that I thought I was supposed to be a part of. By just so many things in life, I had been told I wasn't good enough and I wasn't worth much. And so, and I stopped believing in myself. When I was younger, I loved to sing and nobody in my family could, would tell me I would sing, could sing. In fact, they would tell me to be quiet and I don't sing well, which is weird because everyone else tells me I can sing good. So, you know, years of that. And so working with the coach, like when you guys think, oh, I don't want to hire a personal trainer. What's the point of a coach? Because if you don't believe in yourself, sometimes you have to borrow somebody else's belief until you can. And so this woman believed in me when I would show up hungover still because I was still heavily drinking when I'd come in smelling like the bar, smelling like black and mouths and weed. She didn't judge me. She just knew that I could do it. On the days when I'd come in looking like I was ready to break down crying. She was like, do you need a session or, or do you need to go home? And I was like, let's do it, coach. And she would be there with me even if I was crying through my workouts. Guys, I can't, I can't, I cannot stress the importance of mentorship and having the support of someone that believes in you. And when I saw how I changed within those just few months of working with her, like the light that had been put out in me was reignited. And when I started to see, oh, wow, I can, I can do this. Wow, this is, this is something I can do. I can do this. I may not have been able to become a nurse. I may not have been able to become a pastor. I may not have been able to do all these things. I can, I can do this. I can, I can fucking kill this. And so I did. And I stuck with it. And as I began to show up for myself more and more in that area of something so simple as fitness and that, that belief and that confidence in myself just kept growing with every session, with every workout, with her cheering me on. And now the gym's cheering me on because I'm, you know, one of the clients that's lost 40 pounds and all of a sudden the wheel started turning again. And I was like, all right, Bonnie, what are we going to do? We are not waiting tables again for the rest of our lives. We've been doing this for 14 or at that time, probably 12 years. I was like, what are we going to do? So I wrote down what I was like, okay, so I, what are, what are your skills? What do you do well, Bonnie? I'm like, well, I love, I always wanted to teach when I was a little girl, but they told me I wouldn't make money if I wanted to be a teacher. And I was like, okay, so you love to teach and you're good at teaching. What else can you do? I can break down really complicated um, concepts and make them tangible to people. Okay, so you're really good at teaching and breaking down things. Okay, um, what else is good? Well, I like to talk. 
speaking. And then I was like, I want to, I want to speak. I didn't get to become a pastor. I learned how to write sermons. I learned how to use illustrations. I learned how to connect with an audience. I learned all these things. What can I do with them, God? And I started to listen to him a little bit more. I started to open my heart back up to realize that that passion he put in me, even though it didn't come to fruition when I thought it would, there was a purpose for all of that. There was a purpose for every single season that I was in. The years of waiting tables taught me patience like you would never understand. The years of holding in my emotions and, and just pushing through that taught me like I would never like if you've never waited tables before and you think it's easy, I dare you go go apply somewhere, especially like an IHOP or somewhere really bad and see what it's like to be treated like that and to be treated like you're nothing over and over again and still have to get up and do it the next day. See what it's like to go in one day and make so much money and then go in one day and make no money. It is a roller coaster of emotions, but it has helped me and it has made me such a better entrepreneur because I don't get mad when things don't go my way because I know that, oh, well, you didn't make a lot of money this week or this month. Next month's going to blow last month out the water and you're not going to care. There is a reason for every season. Going to those nursing classes and the prerequisites, I now know so much more about the human body than the average personal trainer does, than the average person that just pays for their certification. I understand why, because I went to school for it. Everything that I went through, my mom almost dying has helped me understand that the human body can regenerate if you take care of it. And becoming a mom at 14, everything that I was meant to break me is literally what made me who I am. And so now looking back, it all came together. That's why I am a coach. That's why I want, that's why I speak. That's why I coach. Because I've always wanted to be a teacher and I've always wanted to speak and I've always wanted to help and serve. And now it finally came together. And so I'm sorry that this is one of the longest lives I've done in a long time. But I wanted you guys to understand my why and why I'm so passionate about what I do. One of my fellow coaches tagged me in a story and she's like, Bonnie, I, I respect you and I appreciate you that it's not just about the money for you, that you care about the quality of your clients' lives and not just the quantity. I care about my clients. I care about the women that come to me with their stories and with their problems. And I know that I can't help everybody, but those that I can, I really do want to help you get out of whatever rut that you're stuck in because I've been there and I get it. So if you've listened this long, I just want to thank you for tuning in and going back down memory lane with me. Uh, Brenda, oh my gosh, Brenda just hopped on and I just did the whole thing talking about how she changed my life. Um, so guys, if you, the biggest takeaway that I would like you to get from this is if you're going through it, I need you to understand that you don't need to do that alone. You need, if you don't believe in yourself, you need to borrow somebody else's belief in yourself. And that's what Brenda did for me. If you're going through this and you're wondering, like, what is the point of all this? I hope that you can string together the story that I gave you so that you can understand that every single season of pain and doubt and suffering was for me to be where I am today. I would not be able to understand or have the patience or have the capacity to deal with some of the things that I deal with as a coach, as an entrepreneur, as a mom, as a single mom, if I had not gone through all of those things. And so as you're going through your struggle right now and you're resenting life and you're resenting all of the horrible things that have happened to you, I need you to not stay present in that pain. I need you to transform that pain and realize that this pain has a purpose. 
but I'll never be able to fulfill that purpose if I stay wallowing and feeling sorry for myself and not reaching out and not getting help. Hiring mentors was the big game changer in my life. Once I started working with Brenda, then I started hiring business coaches. Once I started hiring business coaches, I always have someone who's like, hey, you're comfortable where you at? You can go farther. And I'm like, oh my gosh, again? And I'm in a stage right now where my coaches are like, hey, your business is doing good, but it could be doing so much better. Let's go. And it hurts and it's painful and it's messy and it's scary, but I wouldn't take it back for anything. So that is the show for today, guys. I want to thank you guys for tuning into the Boss Life with Bonds. Hopefully in this episode, you got to understand who I am a little bit more and understand why I'm so passionate about what I do. If you are interested in joining a community of supportive women and a few men and just being a part of a community where we're supporting each other, where we're selling, really, yeah, celebrating each other's wins, lifting each other up, not just about the fitness, but your mindset and your life as a whole, you need to join the Boss Up Fitness community. And that is on Facebook. You can send me a DM on Instagram. You can send me a DM on Facebook, or you can simply look it up on Facebook, Boss Up Fitness Community. If you're interested in working with me one-on-one as your mentor, as your fitness coach, as your life coach, there's a link and figure out what the best bet would be for you. And as always, if you're listening, share the wealth, share the knowledge, share the inspiration, screenshot this podcast episode, share it to your story, tag me at Coach Bonds, and I would love to give you a shout out. Until next time, guys, I love you. This is Coach Bonds, and I'll see you next time.